Good morning. I wonder what happened that day on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. Mark leaves much to our imaginations, which is what I love about Mark's gospel. He has a way of giving us just the facts. Who went where? Did what? Who said what to whom? And with little explanation, little editorializing, not much poetry if what we expect from poetry is complicated, flowery language. Um, Mark's language is pretty plain. And for that reason, some people find this gospel a little bit sterile, perhaps, um, a little bit bleak, and maybe that's why I particularly like it, because I find it kind of mysterious and kind of energizing. Take today's little snippet from Mark, for instance. Jesus comes to Galilee, and he recruits four fishermen to follow him. They immediately drop what they were doing, casting and mending their nets, the tools of their trade, and they followed him. Pretty matter-of-fact, right? Pretty extraordinary, really. Um, because I wonder what happened that day in the hearts of Simon and Andrew, James and John. We know what they did. They walked away from what they knew, what they were good at, what they had always done, and they followed Jesus. James and John even walked away from their father. And I picture Zebedee sitting in the boat with the hired hands, wondering the same thing that I have to wonder. What just happened to these kids? He might have thought, well, they'll come to their senses soon enough and come dragging back with their tails between their legs. Or he might have thought when they do, there will be hell to pay. Um, or maybe he just shrugged and said, boys will be boys. But I've got a feeling that something shifted in Zebedee's heart that day. Maybe it was hardened. Maybe it was softened. Maybe his heart was just shaken and he didn't know what to make of this whole thing. But his heart was surely changed just as his son's hearts were changed in their encounter with Jesus. Because that is what this little scene on the shore of the Sea of Galilee is pointing us towards, a change of heart, a change of mind, and a willingness to follow Jesus to an unknown destination. Simon and Andrew, James and John could have kept their heads down and kept casting and mending their nets, plying their trays, and who could have blamed them if they had? It's what we all do most of the time. Most of us must work in order to eat, and we can't just up and walk away from our obligations, those obligations to our families and to those who depend on us, much as we might like to at times. I mean, who hasn't entertained that fantasy to just up and disappear? But most of us don't. We stick around. We do the right thing. We behave responsibly, responsibly and responsibly with love as best we can. And that's a good thing. So it may be tempting for some of us to think, 
Sure, these four young people, these four fishermen, could easily walk away from their menial jobs and follow Jesus. What did they have to lose? Well, maybe everything. Rather than dismissing their sudden change of heart and willingness, saying, oh, easy for them. They didn't have much going for themselves anyway. We might think, if that's what it takes for me to follow Jesus, quit my job, leave my family in the lurch, it's just too much to ask. I agree, it is too much to ask. And no one is asking that of us. I'm wondering if we can do something even harder. Can we stay right where we are and still have a change of heart, still have a change of mind, still move in a new direction, not knowing exactly where the way of love might take us? That describes for me the journey of faith, finding a new way of being in the world. Simon and Andrew, James and John, their hearts were opened enough that day to set out on an unknown journey. Did they have a clue where this stranger was taking them? How could they have known? How can any of us know where the journey is taking us? We're not in charge of the challenges and the opportunities that come our way. We can only respond. Jesus came making a bold statement. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent, that is, turn around and believe in the good news. He followed that up with an even stranger promise in today's reading. Follow me and I will make you fish for people. I'm not sure how much sense that last bit made to these fishermen on the shore of Sea of Galilee. But amazingly, that's exactly what they did. They followed in faith to see what's next. Although they had no idea where Jesus was leading them, we know. We know the story. He led them around the countryside and showed them the power of love in very practical and yet miraculous ways. He healed the sick. He fed the hungry. He questioned and challenged the authority of the religious and political powers of the day. And he showed his followers that the kingdom of heaven is not some pie-in-the-sky idea or something inaccessible and grand that they had to wait until they could die to be part of. He said, he said it, but more importantly, he lived it. The kingdom has come near. Turn around and look. It's right here, right now, and that is good news. And that's the news that I need to hear always, and perhaps particularly and especially now, and maybe you do too. It almost seems too simple, but today hearing this message of the nearness of of the kingdom, is it possible to experience a change of heart? To hear and see and act in new and loving ways? 
Well, people of St. John's, I see you, and I know you, and I love you, and I know your hearts are good. There is evidence of your kindness, love, and compassion all around us. We put out the words to the community. We put out the word to the community that people need warm coats in the winter, and we are overwhelmed with warm coats that we can give out into the community. We know that people are unable to keep up with their power bills, and you make sure that there's money available to help. We identify that we can do greater things yet with browsing by, by building a new building over there, and your generosity is overwhelming. You hear your neighbor is sick or grieving, and you comfort them. I see you. You are following Jesus, spreading love. This is a quote from Debbie Thomas. We don't follow Jesus in the abstract. We don't heed his call in general, as if Christianity comes down to nothing more than attending church or being a nice person. If we're going to follow him at all, we'll have to do it in the highly specific particulars of the lives, communities, cultures, families, and vocations that we find ourselves in. We'll have to trust that God prizes our intellects, our muscle memories, our backgrounds, our educations, our skills, and that God will multiply, shape, and bring to fruition everything that we offer up in faith from the daily stuff of our lives. And this is what you do. You fish for the people and you share your catch. Keep it up. And I've been thinking a lot lately about how if we follow Jesus, he often leads us into new and surprising places. I'm pretty sure that his followers were surprised when they ended up in Jerusalem. They followed him to the cross and finally to the empty tomb and beyond. And on the way, they learned to live life to its fullest. They made mistakes. They did the best that they could. And Jesus didn't ask them to be perfect. And Jesus doesn't ask us to be perfect either. He asks us something harder to be fully present and to follow him because the kingdom has indeed come near. So this is another epiphany story today. Those people by the shore that day heard something in Jesus' words and, and saw something in him that changed how they saw the world and their place in it. And that was enough to change their very beings and set them on a new journey. Now maybe you've had one of these, maybe you've had more than one of these moments of epiphany when suddenly everything became clear, the veil of self-deception was dropped or perhaps it was torn away from you and you knew that something had to change and that something was you. You saw the light, heard the call, and still perhaps didn't take that first step because the destination was unknown. 
I certainly won't fault you for that. Because I can't tell you how many times I've heard the call and ignored the call. It's so much easier to go on living in my old familiar mindset, keeping my head down, tending to my nets, if you will. Or maybe like Andrew and Simon and James and John, you heard a call and set straight out. And if you did, I applaud you, and I'm a little envious. Almost everybody that I know has had to do some hard work to become a follower. As we like to say in the recovery community, when we're describing the work of having our hearts and our minds and therefore our lives changed, for the better we say, it's simple, but it ain't easy. We rarely change our hearts through our own force of will, through our own egos, through our own rational thinking, even when we know that we are called to transformation. We have to do the work. We have to follow and hope for the best. And this is where the Spirit comes in, to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. This is God's grace, a holy mystery that cannot be explained, but that is undeniable. Almost every person that I've talked to who has had a change of heart, a true change of heart, has testified to this experience. They were lost. They followed. And by following, found their own unique path. The good news is that today is a new day in the kingdom because the kingdom has come near. It's here. It's now. That's Jesus' message. Look around you and see if there is someone or something that needs your care and attention. I guarantee you that there is. There's someone, might even be you. Let's look up from our nets and set out on a new path, one that, can't, one that we can't be 100% sure about the destination. Let's be okay with that. I know it's a little scary, this open-ended path of love, but it's also exhilarating, and we don't go alone. 